give me my crown so I can lay it down so I can tell him how much his mercy means right now I got this race to run I strive to overcome and I'm fighting for a prize it's a precious crown of life someday it shall be mine and when it's my time to shine I'll take my crown and lay it at his feet and I'll tell him how much his mercy means to me. Wow. Reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of those things which do appear. So what he just said was the visible was birthed by the invisible. So that means the invisible is more real than the visible. And the invisible pre-existed the visible. Let me go again. And the invisible has got more power than the visible. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, be he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because he, uh, excuse me, would not see death, was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, let me tell you what that just said. If we don't have a testimony that pleases God, you ain't going to be translated. And so that means we got to please God now because you can't die lost and wake up saved. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is what? That he is God. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not a rewarder of them that diligently believe on him. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his home, by the which he condemned the world and became... Heir of the righteousness which is by faith. It won't be long. I hope I'm good. I studied and prayed so earnestly and so sincerely till way late last night. And then once again, the Lord, I got up to pray and he went, nah. I read your notes, unimpressed. Nah. So he gave me a bunch of scribbles. So I'm going to talk to you this morning on scribbles. And uh, my message is the faith factor. The faith factor. Lord, bless the ministry of the word. Let me be a blessing to these people in Jesus' name. 
save, heal, and deliver, and set free. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It's 20 to 11. I plan to be done by 11. You need to be in the altar at 11.02. That'll give you plenty of time to go eat with the Baptists and the Presbyterians and the Catholics and anybody else you want to eat at the cafeteria. The Lord began to deal with me this morning in a very strong way, and he helped me to understand that faith is the thing that God has bound himself to regarding humanity. God is not bound to faith regarding his creative ability. For all things were made by God without the interference, the interruption, or the cooperation of human faith. We weren't even here then. He's not bound to angel faith. Don't even know where the angels have faith. But God, God has gone on record and said, now as far as humanity goes, they don't get nothing from me without the faith factor. I can do anything without their faith. If I decide I'm sovereign God, I raise Lazarus, there was no faith. The widow of Nain's son, there was no faith. Jairus' daughter, there was, there was damaged faith. There was a lot of unbelief in the house that I had to throw out. But, but I had to even tell Jairus when I got ready to raise his daughter, now please be quiet. I don't need your mouth to disrupt what I'm going to do. And so God has somehow joined himself to humanity so that faith is the issue that gets something done with God. Now hear me, hear me carefully. He has made faith a requirement, a key, and a connector. Faith is our connecting rod. Now, JC's a mechanic, Kenny's a mechanic, some other people are mechanics. Those of you that don't understand a connecting rod, when you have an automotive block, you have a cylinder, a cylinder, and inside the cylinder you have a piston head, and on the head's got rings to keep oil pressure. I won't go through all that. But it's, it goes, it's got a rod that connects underneath the head of the piston. It goes down, goes around, has a bearing clamp that goes around and connects around a crankshaft. Crankshaft is, is offset. It's got one high, one low. So when the spark plug that goes into that little I am going to give you a mechanical lesson. When the spark plug goes into the hole and the key is turned and it begins to, to, to spark, there is gasoline that is shot into the cylinder. Am I right so far, Mr. Mechanic? And when it explodes... The piston head goes down. Because it's connected to the crank, it turns the crank. The crank is then connected to the rest of the bell housing and the clutch assembly and the transmission. And then the transmission is connected to the rear end. The rear end goes to the wheels. So when this goes, this one goes, and the wheels go, boom, 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 boom. Just saved you four years in college. Now, there's two problems that we're dealing with today. One is, too many of us, our connecting rod is broke. And for a few of us, very few of us, our spark plugs are wet. You try to start an automobile, a tractor, a trailer, a boat, or anything, and you have a messed up plug, all you do is go, run, 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 run. You say, what's that got to do with us? Well, some Pentecostal churches are just rah, 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 and we never do make connection, and we never do go anywhere. 
And I don't care how messed up your plug is, he's able to take the plug and give it some fresh fire. And after that fabulous singing on It's Like Fire, if, if you ain't got any fire moving yet, your wood is wet. But you get that plug gapped just right, get it put in just right, get the fuel, hit that thing, that baby will explode. It doesn't go, it explodes, boom. Some of you need to sit next to some Pentecostals about ready to go, boom. I didn't mean to be that intellectual. Just trying to explain something. Everybody put your right arm up and put it bend it up by the wrist. That's faith. That's the connecting rod. It lays hold of one world and connects to the other world. It connects that which is above to that which is below. If you can believe all things are possible to him that believe it. It's got nothing to do with our upbringing. It's got nothing to do with Pentecostal people. It's got nothing to do with religion. It's got everything to do with whether you've got a connecting rod that is making contact with two areas. I feel good. I'm about ready to do something crazy. I feel like I feel like I'm the little train that said he could. I'm just going slow because I'm nervous. I never did any of this in my life. The Lord just gave it to me this morning. So I went up and looked up in the dictionary about connect or connection. It means to fasten, to join two things together, to couple. Then it says, connecting rod, a rod that connects the piston head to the crank shaft. So let me explain how you get saved. First, you're confronted with information. You're wrong, God's right, you're messed up, he's wonderful. You're, you and I are sinners. He's a savior. We're, we're going to hell. He wants us to go to heaven. We're confronted with the situation. Confrontation does one or two things. Brings conviction or refusal. So if anybody ever feels conviction, you ought to say, thank God. That's love talking to me. Man, I'd rather have God convict me every day of my life than to wake up condemned and lost forever. I don't care if i got to ride this all to the heaven. I don't care if I've got to pray more than I've ever prayed. I want to be saved, and I want God to talk to me. That's why David pleaded with the Lord, Be not silent unto me, lest I be like them that go down in the pit. Talk to me. Chew me out. Deal with me. Make your will known to me. Do not leave me by myself. And I thank God we serve a talking God. And I stand against every religion, Christian or otherwise, that turns around and says, God doesn't talk anymore. Well, if God don't talk anymore, I don't need him. 
Say what you want to. Devils are talking. Relatives are talking. Society is talking. My own mind is talking. My lust is talking. My emotions are talking. My fears are talking. I need somebody to counteract and contradict what everything else is saying to me. Oh, is anybody in the house... Know for sure that in your life somewhere God ever talked to you. God ever dealt with you. God ever spoke to you. God ever nudged you. God ever quickened to you. God ever made you know, I care about you. Oh, glory. Let it go. Thank you, Rev. So we get confronted. And there's nothing wrong with being confronted. We've got a society that's been raised up now, coming out of the so-called Christian world, that, that we, we don't need to have confrontation in our churches. Well, how are you going to have conformity without confrontation? I didn't say belligerence. I didn't say rudeness. I didn't say legalism and Phariseeism. I just said confrontation. How am I going to know I'm lost or not right or God's right and I'm wrong unless somebody confronts me? Now, I'm telling you what I know. I've been here almost 30 years this summer, and I've had people leave this church and tell me to my face and tell other people, I ain't going there no more. Every time I come, Arnold gets on my case. I want to hear about love and joy. and I say, Yeah, but you're a dirtbag. You couldn't tell the truth standing on the Bible looking at Jesus. You're a whoremonger at heart. Somebody needs to confront you. Why? Because God loves you and God wants to save you. And God wants to turn you around. I would not go to a church that at least every now and then the pulpit didn't confront me. The Holy Ghost didn't confront me. The believer's lifestyle didn't confront me. I want to be confronted so I can be conformed. Now, I'm going to make everybody that's got an honest heart answer me amen or shout yes in a second. How many of you in the last 15 minutes when that choir was throwing down, did you get confronted by the sizzle in their souls? Wow. I was up here, man, for if he was like fire. Man, I was sitting there, I said, hmm. About another 15 degrees, Terry, we'd be back in Brazil, man. Man, you preach a little bit to those folks. You had 2,000 people bucking and snorting. I made one of the worst mistakes I ever made on the foreign field. I got carried away with myself after I preached, and there must have been 1,000, 1,500 people. Oh, you weren't there the first night. We had 1,000, 1,500 people hit the altar. They're just bawling and squalling, jumping up and down, carrying on. I had made this thing. I said, man, if you're sick, we'll pray for you. If you need a blessing, well, my God, the line was from here to outside. And I had parents coming up to me that couldn't speak in the English. He grabs his hand and he goes like this to his son. You want me to pray for him? Yeah. He got a disease. The interpreter told him he's got a disease. The doctors don't know what it is, don't know how to treat it. I said, I know how to get it treated. They wouldn't even let.
scratch off the platform. I couldn't even get to change my clothes. They were pulling on my pants, pulling on my jacket. Pray, pray. I put my arms around their kids. They believe you when you tell them that something is going to happen. I said, God, help us. Help us in Gainesville that we get desperate and determined that we believe that God will help us. You didn't sit down. I got to go quick. I only got a few minutes to talk here. So we get confronted first so that we can get convicted. We get convicted. I'm guilty. I'm sick. I'm in trouble. I've got a mess in my life. Whatever. Fine. And, we're, and the truth shows us our condition, our sinfulness, our lostness, our sickness. And then watch. After you get confronted and you get convicted, now you become convinced. I am persuaded. Watch. Once you become convinced, faith becomes the connector. Unless you are convinced, you will not con connect that which is above you. You must become connected to God. Faith is the connecting rod that connects my situation with His power. My situation with his love. My situation with his greatness. My situation with his mercy. I, I, I appreciate the last 10 minutes, but this last one was too weak for me. Anybody ever used your faith and made connection? Anybody ever prayed, God forgive me, and God said, be glad to. Faith is what links us to God's thoughts, God's ways, God's ability, God's desires for us. It links us, and thus we experience our desired results. We get helped, we get healed, we get forgiven, we get filled. It was the woman with the issue of blood who crawled through the crowd. And what did Jesus turn around? Go thy way, thy faith hath saved thee. How did he know her face saved her? Connecting rod. Her need touched his resource. That's what he said to the lepers. That's what he said to the centurion. As you believe, go thy way. Had not seen so great a faith, no, not in all of Israel. That's what he said to the Syrophoenician woman. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Faith makes connection with God. There's no great mystery about it. You see, the problem is we can believe in God and believe on God and never exercise faith. Because the connecting rod takes you past the intellectual to the actual. It takes you past the judicial to the experimental. I wish I had some people from some other denominations here right now. now I won't beat nobody up. I just wanted to help you. When Bartimaeus got healed and he said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. He says, go thy way. Thy faith hath saved thee. Jesus told the dead of the demonized boy in Mark 9, If thou canst believe, 
All things are possible to him that believeth. I have loved that scripture ever since I first got saved. Because the father was honest, not like some people I know. He was honest. He said, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. I'm trying to be totally convinced, but I have a boy that's convulsing over here. I have a boy that's either having an epileptic seizure or he's spit on frothing. He's fallen on the ground and my emotions are tied to my situation. Listen to me. The facts of life is what fights our faith. The facts of life is what damns and condemns our faith. The facts of life is what tries to paralyze our faith. You said this, but I'm dealing with that. You promised me that, but I'm held hostage by this. I'm not going any further. I need a witness. Well, that was 12 of you. I need a witness. I've tried to believe, but the facts have punched me in the nose. I've tried to trust God, but the situation seemed to get worse. I've tried to hold on to the scriptures. I've tried to believe the word. I've tried to hold on to God, and it got worse instead of better. Well, let me help you with it. The devil is a liar. Just keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Keep on make connection. Now, Hebrews 11 and 6. Am I making sense? Now, I'm going to say something that may just turn everybody's motor off right now. But I feel, I feel, and if I'm wrong, I'll bear my punishment. I feel like the Lord, when I was praying this morning, got all these scribbles. He quickened something to me. He said, when I told that father, if thou can believe, all things are possible. He said, I did not tell them they would happen. I told them they were possible. Warn my people that possible does not mean going to happen. It just means with me, anything is possible if you can believe. Because there are great and godly people down through the centuries that have believed as best that they could and trusted God. But the sovereign will of God stepped in and said, I have another agenda. I have another plan. I'm not going to let John the Baptist out. I'm going to take his head off. I'm going to let Peter get out, but I'm going to take James's head off. You got to hear me. I don't care how much faith you got. I am not going to heal Job until Job becomes what I want him to become. There are some things we're going to have to go through even though we believe God for an opposite situation now I hope I didn't hurt anybody's faith I think when the Lord Jesus said if you can believe all things are possible that ought to become an inspiration for me to trust God and have confidence in God and believe God that it's possible didn't say probable He said, possible. Well, tell me, David didn't have faith in God when he wept and fasted and prayed for his little child that was struck by the Lord. But the child died anyway. What are you going to do? Damn and condemn him? Tell him he doesn't believe? He believes. When you pray, you believe. Oh, boy. I hit a stop. 
you fast and you pray and you seek the face of God. You quote scriptures, you name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, and do all the stuff you want to do. And, and you point to God and say, do as thou hast said. You know, he can turn right around and say, that's fine. You do all I told you. I've probably had more people die on me than I've got healed. That don't stop me praying. Hey, Dean, what did, what did Job said? And the thing which God has appointed unto me, that will he do. And many are things, such things are like, like that are with him. For he is of one mind, and who can turn him? So, well, he was of one mind, and he told Hezekiah, get your house in order. I'm going to take you out of here. Before Isaiah gets to the, to, the, to the end of the porch, the Bible says the Lord turned around and said, I heard your prayers, I've seen your tears, and I've added to you 15 years. Why didn't Hezekiah throw a fit and say, I want 25? Because I determine the length of life. you got to hear me. Hell ain't in charge of your life. Hell ain't going to... The Bible said, light dwelleth with God. Life dwelleth with God. Oh, I hope I haven't thrown some confusion out here. I believe God. Every time I pray for somebody, I believe God's going to heal them. Well, they have a biblical right to be healed. By His stripes, we were healed. By His stripes, we are healed. Don't tell me that. I read some of these nincompoops. I really would. I, I ask God for forgiveness because I want to punch them right in the face. I really do. I want to punch them and strangle them and put them on NBC and say, this jerk's a fool. Anybody listen to him as a double fool. I read these guys who are best authors of million booksellers, and all they do is damn and condemn faith healers, and all they do is damn and condemn a bunch of fools and the imbecilic Pentecostals who actually believe that God is in the healing business. All those scriptures about healing are for the soul. Baloney! Jesus healed all those people in the flesh. They were blind in the flesh. They were deaf in the flesh. They were crippled in the flesh. They had leprosy in the flesh. I'm convinced God wants to show himself strong in these last few days to deliver people. You don't need cancer to die. Read, read Psalms. He says all God does is he taketh their breath and they are no more. You don't need cancer. He just goes, I'm going to hold your breath. Watch, in three minutes you're out of here. You don't need nine months of your body farts falling off. You don't need diabetes to drive your body crazy so your brain comes out of its shoulders. I'm not trying to turn this into a healing campaign. I don't have all the answers for this, but all I know is God is a faith God. And God has turned around and said, here's what I require of the human race. You're not getting nothing from me if you don't have faith. And I'm going to go a little further. And faith is not a feeling. Faith is an inner persuasion. Faith is an inner confidence. Faith is a, is a belief that God cannot lie and God will do what he said. You get the Holy Ghost by faith. Yes, you do. Ain't nobody in this place ever going to come up here and receive the Holy Ghost supernaturally talking in tongues. If you don't have faith, it won't happen. 
It won't happen. That's why it's so easy to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. That doesn't take saving faith. That takes intellectual faith. They're not the same. Now, wait a minute. I don't want to go a little further. But they are real. Listen to me. God will honor intellectual faith to a point. I'll prove it to you in just a minute. Intellectual faith in Jesus Christ can help make you righteous. You go to Calvary's cross and you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you accept that sacrifice as God's pleasure and will for your life, he will impute to you righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Well then, Brother Arnold, all these Baptists, Presbyterians, Catholics, are they saved? I didn't say saved. I said righteous. Righteousness means declared right. Righteousness means free from guilt and shame. Righteousness means liberated from impending pardon and I mean, impending punishment by pardon. But righteous does not mean regenerated. Don't you get it? Are we that stupid after all these years of me screaming? Do you understand that God cannot and will not give anybody the baptism of the Holy Ghost till he first makes them righteous? How does he make them righteous? They release their faith in his plan and his provided sacrifice and they experience atonement. Once they experience atonement, they are made righteous. They are not reborn. They are not adopted into the family of God. They are not in, oh God. They are not in the bride of Christ. You don't become family because you've been made righteous. When you're made righteous, you're just set free from the guilt in your life, but you still have the old nature. That's why it takes Calvary and Pentecost. Not just Calvary, Calvary and Pentecost. Oh, boy. And don't blame me. I'm just doing the scribbles. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about faith. I, 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 I. Hebrews 11 and 6 said, For without faith... It is impossible to please God. He told the, the, the demonized uh, boys dead, if thou can believe, all things are possible. So if you can believe, it's possible. Then he says you can be in a position that without faith, it becomes impossible to believe God, to please God, and you cannot receive if you don't believe. Then he turns around in Matthew 21, verse 18. Read for me, Rev. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it. And he found, went by there hoping he'd get some fruit. Found nothing on it. I want to ask you a question. Mean as I can get for today, so you ought to be happy. It's only 30 seconds. Some of you have been living for God for 30 years. Where's your fruit? Why can we go to church week after week after week and have never won anybody? 
Why are we wasting the power of the Holy Ghost, always trying to keep our own selfish carcass saved? God will keep you saved. That's how Brother DeMerchant told me they started all those churches. They get people saved. They get them born again. Man, he is strong on oneness, Jesus' name, baptism, the Holy Ghost. That's what they preach all the time. And when you get these people saved, you said, okay, go win somebody. They'll go win five, six, seven people. They start a church. And the church just grows and grows and grows and grows. Why? Because the people that are supposed to be disciples and believers become fruitful. Remember, Jesus is only looking for one thing. He's coming looking for fruit. In John 15, he said, if I don't find no fruit on a tree, I'm going to cut it down and throw it in the fire. He comes to this, this tree expecting, hoping to find some fruit. Why? Because all trees don't produce. When you don't produce, then all the sap and all the energy, that you, the fertilization and stuff that comes up into your, your tree, you waste it on yourself. I use everything that comes to me to keep myself alive. I bless nobody else. I provide nobody else. I help nobody else. I'm a Christian. Doubtful. Read. He found nothing thereon, leaves only, and said unto it. Wait a minute. What are you laughing at me? And I'm a wacko. You're, you're serving somebody. Dean, you're serving somebody who talks to a tree. I mean, if you go around talking to yourself, they put you in the loony bin. Jesus walks up and starts talking to a tree. The only thing more monumental is that is the tree listen. Because the creator of nature was talking. Deity in disguise, creator in clay. And he said to it. Let no fruit grow unto thee henceforward forever. Yeah, you don't want to provide fruit for people when they're hungry? No, worry about it. You're barren from now on. Go ahead. Enjoy your life. And presently the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, They marveled, saying, Good grief! How, how soon, soon is the fig tree withered up? How in the world did that happen? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith... If you have faith... Watch, wait a minute. If you have faith... I, I, I've got faith. i got faith. I, I fall on the second part and, and doubt, doubt not. not. I got faith, but wiggle. I got faith, but it's kind of shaky. I got faith, but the facts are messing with me. Said, if you have faith and doubt not. You why did he ask? Why did he add and doubt not? Because that's our problem. Probably 99% of the people in this building, God bless your hearts, you do have faith in God, you wouldn't be here. But the doubt not part is our problem. Why? Because most of our faith is interpreted by how we feel. Go ahead. You, you shall, have faith and doubt not. You shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree. Wait a minute. How are you going to do it? You're going to talk to stuff that looks like it's not listening. Stop messing with me. Stop driving me crazy. Fear, get out of my house. Unbelief and lust, get off my children. Get off my finance. Get away. Yeah. 
Sometimes you got to talk to stuff makes you look like you're out of your mind. Good thing you don't hang around me sometimes. I just start talking to stuff. People look at it. I say, you better watch out, devil. You better stop. You better get them nasty thoughts out of my head. You better, I ain't going to put up with that. I don't see nobody. I don't feel. I just get these thoughts. I said, no, no. You ain't got no right coming in here. You ain't going to trespass on. I'm a sanctified soul. I'm a consecrated body. You ain't going to make no mess with me. You're not going to build a highway of trash and junk into my spirit. I'm going to talk to you. And I'm going to use the name of Jesus on you. And you're going to get out. Because Jesus said, I can do to you what he did to the fig tree. You know what? Even right now, right now, some of you need to start talking to some stuff that is growing in your life and make it wither. Oh, boy. Are you here, Carrie? Carrie? I'm going to give it two more minutes. If it don't work, we need that uh, It Feels Like Fire song again. Go ahead. If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things Ah. whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. wish I had somebody as honest as I'm trying to be. I believe. Help my unbelief. It's my unbelief that damages I believe. I want to believe. I want everything to have the Holy Ghost. I want everything to be healed. I want everything to be an overcomer. All right, I'll go a little further. So we got one. If you can believe, all things are possible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you have faith and doubt not. In Mark chapter 4, when they get into the storm, Jesus says another strange thing. He says, where is your faith? Remember, they woke him up, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He says, well, where's your faith? It's in the storm. Where's yours? Well, why is my faith in the storm? Because the obvious, the factual, messes with my confidence and persuasion towards the invisible and before I can make connection to it my faith is damaged by the obvious and now my faith gives way to fear so he said to him why are you so fearful where is your faith well it's 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 in the problem it's 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 in the storm it's in the it's in my emotions it's in the It's in the things that ain't going right. Well, don't you get? If you put faith in that, it'll bring that to you. Why? Because faith is a connecting rod. You let your faith lay hold of what you're afraid of, and it'll bring it to you. There is a law of attraction. Did you preach good this past week? Yeah? That's why I'm having such a hard time today. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, he then turns around and he says, have faith in God. So where's your faith? Damaged faith? No faith? Have faith in God. Why did he say have faith in God? Why did he just say have faith? Because we all have faith, but we put it in the wrong object. 
Some of us have more faith that things are going to go wrong than they are going to go right. Let me try it again. Faith is not a feeling. You may feel, but it's not a feeling. It's an inner trust. It's a confidence that God will do what he promised. But promises of God are designed by God to provoke us to expect things to happen. But it's faith that lays hold on the promise. It's not the promise. It's faith that lays hold on the promise. It's the connecting rod. Faith is the connector. Now watch this. Romans 4, 17. I'm almost done. Uh, bear with me. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Talk to Abraham. Before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, calleth those things which be not as though they were. Go ahead. Who against hope, believed in hope, right. that he might become the father of many nations. What does he mean, against hope? He's almost 100 years old. Sarah's 90. All natural laws of physical reproduction are null and void. It's impossible. And the human body just can't do that anymore. We, the re reproductive makeup of a, a man and a woman is it doesn't exist it doesn't function anymore and so so against the hope of he believed in hope against hope he said god said it and i don't understand it. see you can have faith and don't understand too many people hold their faith hostage till they understand i don't understand when they pronounce the name of jesus christ over you in water baptism and you go down in water how the blood's applied and your sins are remitted and you're made clean i don't understand that I don't understand why God turns around when he fills people with the Holy Ghost. They'll too supernaturally speak in another language they've never learned. I don't understand why he does that, except what James said, that the tongue is an unruly member, uncontrollable. So God takes the one issue in our lives, an organ in our life, that even mankind can't control. And he says, if you yield it to me, I'll control it. So now, now listen to me. So all the people that claim the Holy Ghost without talking in tongues, they're governed by an uncontrolled member in their life. They have a member in their life that they tell God to shut up and leave alone. They take care of it. God says, I need that member. No, no, my, you don't get my member. I run this member. Well, then they can be declared righteous, but they're never born again. I'm, I'm not getting You got two minutes, Carrie. Read for me, Rev. That he might become the father of many nations. Yeah. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Thus thy seed be. Go if ahead. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. See? What he's saying? Being not weak. He considered not. There's where faith gets its strength. When we don't study what is. That's a battle. You don't just wake up one day and say, Woo! I believe God ain't you got a battle. See, we read that scripture and say, Wow, Abraham. No, no. You need to look at the years and years and long, lonely nights and situations and imaginations that went through that man's mind. 
He didn't just come up with that scripture and that wonderful statement just in a moment of time. I promise you, if that man was made out of flesh and blood, he battled doubts. He battled anxiety. He battled misunderstanding. He battled things. Don't let the devil beat you up because you battle things. The battle is worth the fight. The battle's going to bring you the victory. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. can't just wake up one day in a good service, listen to a good sermon or a good song, and all of a sudden you've got this overcoming faith. That overcoming faith is the, res- is the results of an ongoing process. You defeat this, and you whip by that. Well, you defeat that, and you're, you have a setback from that. You, you, over- oh, no, I'm- you overcome that, and all of a sudden you're hit by another thing. But what do you do? You keep moving. And you and I finally get to that place in that moment of climax when the Lord said, that's enough. And you lay hold on of it, and all of a sudden the promise becomes a reality. And all of a sudden the answer shows up. And all of a sudden the blessing that we were so hungry for becomes a reality. Wish I had somebody honest. Hey, Amy, you got your hearing aid on back there? You ready? Tell me the truth. You prayed about things, and they didn't happen. They didn't turn out, but you prayed again. And you pleaded again, and you asked God to help your doubts, your fear, your unbelief, whatever. And you prayed again. And eventually, little by little, you won this little victory. You got that little victory. You got little. Don't you get it? We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. We're on our way on a journey. We're on our way in a process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, my dear brother, my dear sister, keep pressing on. Keep fighting against the storm. Keep saying, I know God's able. I know God's willing. I don't understand why not, but I'm going to keep going till God makes a way where there is no way. Because God has said the faith factor is what makes it happen. You can sit down. It's 20 after. I, I didn't mean to preach this long. See people in this church, they got faith in God. They seemingly get things done easier than you and I do. If you could pick them up and put them on the stage and put them on the movie theater here right now, I promise you. If they be honest in the fear of God, okay, you've got this wonderful faith, this, this great faith, this, you seem to get things done. How did that happen? They start telling you about all the losses. They start telling you about all the disappointments. They start telling you about a fasting and praying, uh, and it didn't work. And I sought God, and I believed God, and I didn't understand why it didn't happen. But I didn't quit. You cannot quit. You cannot give up. You cannot say, well, I tried, and I tried. Try again. Pray again. Don't do like that. Well, there's nothing. You got to pray until nothing becomes something. You got to pray until you see the size of a man's hand, that little cloud that shows up. I got some victories right now under my belt. 
that I didn't have 10 years ago. I was defeated by them. I was whipped by them. I was sidetracked by them. But I kept swinging. I kept swinging. I kept praying. I kept crying. And little by little, I made some progress. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I right, Amy? I'm right. I'm right. The only people that lose are the people who stop fighting. So what are your options when you stop fighting? Disaster? Defeat? Low-level living? Remember, JC, faith is the connecting rod. You don't connect, you don't get no movement. Got a nice looking vehicle, it just doesn't move. What is a nice vehicle? Yeah, I got 15 coats of lacquer on that baby. How's she drive? Oh, it doesn't have a motor. What you got the vehicle for? I like polishing things. That sounds so funny until you say saints do that. Got any victories? Yeah. How'd you get the victories? Oh, about three times as many failures. Let me tell you something. You mean anybody said they had no defeats? They're going to lie about other stuff. I tried, and I failed. Hey, welcome to the human race. I'm president of that club. I tried, and I failed. What did I do? Well, I did what Micah said. Don't rejoice against me, oh, my enemy. But when I fall, I, I, I'm going to get back up. You better not laugh at me too long when I'm down on my face, because I got resurrection power inside of me. And I'm going to apologize, and I'm going to repent, and I'm going to ask for mercy, and I'm going to ask for help. But I will get back up again. You ain't got to worry about that. I'm on my way to the city. Huh. I'm sorry for belaboring the point. I just, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm having a problem. I think too many of us have married ourselves into Dorothy. You're skipping on the yellow brick road. Yellow brick road, the yellow brick road, yeah. Come on, Toto. Come on, Tin Man. Come on, Straw Man. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow, follow the yellow brick road. Till the Wicked Witch of the West shows up. Now, I know it's just a story, but I'm going to use an analogy. If that silly little girl got messed over by the wicked witch from the west, and that, that little angel lady, that good fairy, showed up in that bubble, I got an angel that'll come help me. I got a voice from another world that'll speak to me in my lowest moment and said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forget.
forsake you, and I'll never put on you more than you can bear. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you, and nothing can separate you from the love of God. I lost my mind. I, I, I wish I could baptize all of you this morning with a, with a pair of these. I could just give you those, those red slippers and you'd go back to Topeka. I wish sometimes I could just tell situations and devils and stuff in my life. Go away. I do it, Marty. Go away. No, no. And if you keep telling me to go away, I'll bring a lot of my friends and mess with you. Just click your little slippers. And off you go. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, say, so, well, we don't have slippers. No, we got something better than that, but we misuse it. We say, Jesus. Sometimes you can't use Jesus as a rabbit's foot that you can rub. Sometimes you just got to grit your teeth, grab a hold of the horns of the altar, and you got to pray until. And if you don't get the answer, it's okay. The answer's on the way. We got a God that hears and answers prayer. I need, I need five minutes. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I was only kidding with you. Watch this. I, I got something I believe I got from the Lord this morning. If I'm wrong, I'll face my punishment. Keep reading, Rev. Being not weak in faith, he yeah. considered not his own body now, now dead. dead. When he was about a... Yeah, go ahead. And hundred years. Come on. I already <laughs> said that. 199. I'm not got all that. <laughs> Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yeah, he, he, he's over all that too. He staggered not at the promise of God he's, through unbelief. He staggered not. See, that's what unbelief does to us makes us stagger. When you stagger, you're not going in the right direction. That's all a boxer wants to do when he boxes. If he can jab and jab and cut, if he can stagger his opponent, won't be long until he's gone down. I've been staggered in this church since I've been here by people's words, people's feelings, Hatred, emails, letters. I've been staggered by my own folly and my own foolishness. I've been staggered by things I've allowed in my life. I was stunned by it. I couldn't believe that I would allow myself to act like that. Or uh, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm the pastor. El perfecto one. Mucho faultless one. If I'm mucho faultless one, I need to make more money. I've staggered myself by some of the feelings I've allowed to operate out of my life. Find myself getting angry and frustrated over something that's so stupid. Steal my joy, steal my victory, misdirect my life. I'm staggering. He said he staggered not in unbelief. I'm almost done. Go ahead, read. But was strong in faith, in faith giving, giving glory, glory to, to God. God. And being fully persuaded that what, that what he, he had, had promised, promised he, was he was able, able to perform. And therefore it was imputed unto him for now righteousness. Now hear me. There's a big difference between imputed and imparted. Imputed unto him for righteousness. Imputed 
unto him for righteousness. That is a legal term. It is a declaration imputed, given to you. Boom. You are righteous. You ready? Wasn't circumcised. So he's righteous before the sign of the covenant. Sister Reedy, am I right? People can be made righteous and not be water baptized in Jesus' name. Now watch. He's righteous. He believes God. Faith's a connecting rod. God imputes to him righteousness. He has not imparted unto him holiness. Without which, no man will ever see the Lord. So being righteous is not the same as being holy. You are not made holy because you are made righteous. You are made righteous so now God can make you holy. You hear me? You hear me? He gives him the covenant, the circumcision, the cutting off the flesh, symbolic of the covenant, water baptism in Jesus' name, circumcision. Colossians 2, circumcised with the work of Jesus Christ, putting away the old man of flesh. But something's even beyond that. What? Listen, folks, nobody can be made holy without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the divine nature of God that we become partakers of. You don't get the Holy Ghost because you're made righteous. You get made righteous so you can partake of the Holy Ghost. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Go ahead. Now it was written for him. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. That All my years, imputed. I've been studying my Bible. This second or third Bible has fallen apart. It's held together with tape. It's held together with clips. All my life, I've read Romans 4 until my eyeballs almost fall out. It wasn't until this morning when I read this verse that the Holy Ghost went, Pfft. I've just read it and skipped by it this morning. He said, back up. And I read it again. He went, Boom. Read it again as you start that verse. Now it was not written not for, written for Abraham's sake only that it was imputed to him. Watch. It was not written just for him that righteousness was imputed to him only, but what? But for us also. To but for it, us also what? To whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. See what I'm saying? When you release your faith... In God, who raised the dead man, Jesus, from the dead, it is now imputed unto you for righteousness. But see, righteousness is not the final work of God. And that's why we have the majority of so-called Christian churches, God-fearing people, people that love God, people that are trying to do right. But they have been stopped by their leadership at the level of righteousness. Thank God for Pentecost that goes beyond righteousness to holiness. Goes to Calvary and then goes to Pentecost because after Pentecost comes the rapture of the church. 
understand with me? I, I, I messed with you. I'm so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Imputed unto us also who believe on him. For us, but for us also to yeah. whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him. Right. That raised up Jesus Christ our Lord from the dead. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our, for justification. our justification. So, yeah, so what is he talking? He's talking about Calvary and the sacrifice. Here's where righteousness happens. But God cannot put his divine nature into an unrighteous vessel. So he must make the vessel righteous first. How does he make it? He confronts it. He convicts it. They're convinced. They confess. They repent. They accept the sacrifice of Calvary. Imputed righteous. Now God says, great. Now I've got a righteous vessel. Now I want to possess what I purchased. And the majority of Christianity says, no. And he says, wait a minute. I bought the vessel. I want to live in the house. No. We all do it intellectually. No. Once you get to holiness, you go past intellectual and you go to actual. Because righteousness is judicial. Holiness is experimental. That's what he did for Cornelius. That man was a God-fearing man. He had to be told about Calvary first. When he was told about Calvary, apparently he believed because the Holy Ghost fell, and then they received the Holy Ghost. And then they got baptized. So he said to the 12 Baptist boys, Acts 19, 1 through 6, you received the Holy Ghost since you believed. They already believed. But nobody told them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So here, I'm trying to tell you, wrong, convicted, convinced, repent, righteous, regenerated. What comes after regenerated? Removed. Yes. If the spirit that dwelled in Christ dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal bodies by that spirit that dwelleth in you. I know I've, I've become a, a, a Bible study teacher here. I'm so sorry. Faith takes you from intellectual to experimental. Faith takes you from factual to actual. Watch this. God gave this to me this morning. I wrote it down. Never heard it. wrote it down. He says, faith takes people from being told to tasting. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It takes people from hearing to having. Listen, I'm closed. God has never amended one thing that he ever said about himself or one thing that any apostle or scribe has ever written about him. And God has never amended one time the message that he gave to the New Testament church in the book of Acts. Repent, be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you get it, you're talking tongues like everybody else has. That has never been amended. I have one last scripture. You don't have it. I can do it. Here it is. Here's what's never been amended. For there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who would have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For he gave his life a ransom for all. That message has never been amended. Would you, would you do me a favor? I know I've belabored the point. There's no great working of the Holy Ghost, no great conviction. But I, I'd like for everybody to come
for just two minutes and stand up here and ask the Lord, am I righteous? Am I holy? Or am I both? Just it means you're holy like you. Holy, now you're holy made Holy Spirit, you're not me. Because you're made righteous. Cleanse when you're made righteous, me you're not new. guilty. I want to be holy. Holy, then you're made God. Holy like God you. is holy. And God is righteous. He's I both wanna of them. And he says, I want you to be like me. Holy like you. different about sin that God's holiness hates sin but his love loves sinners he shows us his wrath and rage against sin and he wants to make us righteous through that sacrificial lamb that was hung on that tree you understand so he wants to make us righteous so we have right standing with him but then he wants to make us holy he wants to make us godly. See, when you're made righteous, what happens is you now have right standing. You have no more guilt and no more shame in your life. But without getting the new nature, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have the old nature in a declared righteous person. So there's a propensity always to keep going back, doing unrighteous things. So, so God gives us the Holy Ghost to make us holy. Yes. So when you leave here today, I want you to, however you pray, I want you to ask the Lord. Now, Lord, I believe in Calvary. I believe in the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I've gone to Calvary. I accept that that sacrifice is for me. God has imputed to you righteousness. But now you have to go beyond that and say, Lord, I want to be holy. 
and I need the Holy Ghost to work in my life. I need your divine nature to operate in my life. I need your spirit to control my temperament, my drives, my motivations. I need to be, those of us that have the Holy Ghost, we need to ask God to be renewed in the Holy Ghost and refreshed in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's got to tell me amen. This whole thing is about being conformed right. to the revealed Amen. will of right. God. And the revealed will of God is Calvary and the book of Acts. That's it. Calvary and the book of Acts. I, I, I'm done. I preached a long time. They're not good. I, I just preached. Fine. Listen. When I left this morning with all these scribbles, I was a nervous wreck. I said, Lord, I've got this other stuff laid out good. I can really do good with this. No, I, I can do good with this, he said. I said, well, okay. And as I left, he said, tell the people what Pilate said. I said, what Pilate said? Pilate put the inscription over the cross of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The Jews came and said, please alter what's been written and say, he said I was the King of the Jews. Now here's what the Lord dealt with me and said, Tell the people like Pilate of old. Pilate responded and said, What I have written is written. And it's going to stay written just like I wrote it. There's going to be no abortion. There's going to be no abandonment. There's going to be no amendment. Tell the people what I have written stays written just like it's been written. Shake hands, be friendly, go with God. Pick up Brother DeMerchant's book if you'd like to help support missions. Thank you for listening to me. I love you. See you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.